Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, welcome back. I'm Chris Shandro, the pastor at Compass. As always, it is my delight to have you with me. So my wife and I have this ongoing dispute that I'm hoping you can help me out with, because when it comes to describing days of the week, we have a difference of opinion on what the word next means. Okay, so for example, if I say we're going to stain the deck next Saturday, that means something completely different to her than it does to me. Because to me, if I say we're gonna stain the deck next Saturday, it means we're going to stain the deck on the next consecutive Saturday that we hit. To Terry, it means that we are going to stain the deck on the Saturday that comes after the current one. So, okay, assume it's a Sunday. To me, it means we're staining the deck in six days. To Terry, it means we are staining the deck in 13 days. And it doesn't matter how much we argue or debate about this thing, we cannot agree on it. So to make sure that we're talking about the same day, instead of using the word next, we sometimes just have to say the date. We're staining the deck on Saturday the 10th. Now, regardless of whose side you're on in this debate, probably mine, uh, actually, we're probably both right somehow. The thing is, you have to admit that there are words that have different meanings to different people. And in this message series, we are asking one question. Is your religion just, meaning is it rooted in justice, or is it just religion? Religion that's inconsistent, illogical, easy to dismiss. Now, the answer to that question really depends on what your definition of justice is. I mean, that word can mean different things to different people. And depending on how you define justice, it can have totally different outcomes in our lives. And we can see this played out in the religious dynamics of Jesus and the Pharisees in the first century. And in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus and his disciples have clearly violated Jewish law by working on the Sabbath. The disciples violated the Sabbath by harvesting and preparing food, and Jesus violated the the traditional view of the Sabbath law by healing someone. Now, this Sabbath law was handed down by Moses. It commanded that no one should do any work on the Sabbath. And the penalty that Moses prescribed was death if you violated it. The Sabbath law was crucially important to the Jewish people because in addition to honoring God on that day, The Sabbath set them apart and differentiated them from other nations. It was about obedience to scripture and it was about religious identity. And not only did Jesus break it, but he claimed to have authority over the law. This did not sit well with the Pharisees. And we can see what they did in Matthew chapter 12, verse 14. Because then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. This reveals the Pharisees' definition of justice. And it's a definition of justice that many people today still share. This justice is a rational judgment in which a wrongdoer receives appropriate punishment for breaking the law. This is called retributive justice. It's justice in the form of retribution for violating an established standard. And people who see things this way believe that the highest form of justice is adherence to the rules and punishment for those who don't. 
The Pharisees' view of the kingdom of heaven or, or of living under the rule of God, it meant strictly following the rules that had already been given in Jewish scriptures. And when they perceived Jesus to be violating those laws, their view of justice demanded that he be punished. So they met and they began planning on ways to have Jesus killed. And whatever you think of their actions, the Pharisees clearly felt justified both by their interpretation of Scripture and by the demands of religious justice, at least as they understood it. Because justice meant Jesus needed to be punished. But what about Jesus? What did Jesus mean for him? Well, let's look at the rest of the story, Matthew 12, 14 through 16. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. But Jesus knew what they were planning. So he left the area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. Now, this is amazing. The Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus and Jesus knows about it somehow. He knows that they are coming after his life. Now, in that situation, the justice of the Pharisees, it would have said that Jesus is justified to fight back. I mean, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If someone's trying to kill you, you are justified in using whatever measures are needed to defend yourself. But that's not what Jesus does. He didn't out them publicly for trying to kill him or try to have them canceled or, or incite his followers to the same levels of violence that the Pharisees were considering. Instead, he quietly left, continued to care for the sick and poor, and kept his head down. So why didn't Jesus fight back? I mean, he was justified. Why didn't Jesus take a swing at the people who were swinging at him? Because that's not how Jesus saw justice. Justice under the rule of God wasn't about punishing people who broke the law or getting retribution against those who were seeking to hurt you to Jesus. His definition was completely different. For Jesus, justice is the pursuit of making things whole. And this is called restorative justice. It seeks to restore what has been taken, repair what's been broken, and redeem what has been lost. It's not about enforcing righteousness by punishing rule breakers, but about seeking to make things whole by restoring people, communities, and systems that have been broken. James describes how this kind of justice should sit at the center of Christian religion in James 1.27. And he says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. All throughout the Jewish scriptures in the Old Testament are descriptions of this exact kind of justice. Proverbs 31.8-9 says this, says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. That's what the writer of Proverbs says. Uh, and again, in the Jewish scriptures, we see it in Jeremiah 22, verse 3. This is what the Lord says. Be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who've been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. Stop murdering the innocent. This is really interesting because in the actions, 
that they took after their Sabbath conflict, we can see Jesus and the Pharisees both reflected in this passage from Jeremiah. Jesus cared for the marginalized and the hurting, and the Pharisees plotted to murder the innocent by killing Jesus. See, how we perceive justice will guide every aspect of our religious practice. And just in case there is any confusion about the way of Jesus being just, Matthew directly tied Jesus to a passage from the Jewish scriptures in Isaiah that had been written hundreds of years before the events we're talking about. And and look at what Matthew continues to write. In verse 17, he says, This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him, concerning Jesus. Look at my servant whom I've chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world. Restorative justice has always mattered to God and Jesus was his plan to bring that justice to the whole world, to be the hope of all the world. And not only does Isaiah describe God's heart for justice in the world, but he shows us how it will come quietly, gently, and peacefully in the lives of the people who invite Jesus in. Not by force or manipulation or strength, but justice that sweeps in so gently it won't even put out a flickering candle. It's the restorative justice of Jesus, justice that mends what has been broken. Understanding Jesus' view of justice, it should change our view of religion and how we practice it. And and there are three takeaways that I want to share about the justice of Jesus and how it should define Christian religion. Three ways to identify whether your religion is just or if it's just religion. And the first takeaway is this, is that just religion seeks justice in the form of restoration, not punishment. God's not mad. He doesn't want to punish you for all the bad things you've ever done. And if you've kept your distance from God because you've perceived him to be like an angry father waiting waiting to make you pay for all your sins, you've misunderstood the justice of Jesus. He doesn't want to punish you. He wants to restore what's been broken. And this also means that God doesn't want you to seek the punishment of others. The tools that religion uses of of shame, exclusion, and intolerance should never be used by followers of Jesus to punish anyone who doesn't fit with our brand of religion. Jesus is the hope of the world. He's not the threat of punishment to the world, not the enforcer of righteousness to the world, not the morality police of the world. Which brings me to our second takeaway. Just religion is gentle and never forceful. When Jesus was under threat, he just kept caring for people, healing the sick. And he didn't didn't do it to prove that he was right or to spread the word somehow so he'd have more people on his side. In fact, Jesus actually told people not to talk about it so he wouldn't draw more attention to himself. His way of proclaiming justice to the world was gentle enough, 
that it wouldn't snuff out a flickering candle or crush a blade of grass. And if you see Christians being loud, forceful, and coercive, you can be certain that they are not following the way of Jesus. Because the way of Jesus will never trample another person in the pursuit of practicing or defending religion. It's not forceful and aggressive, demanding its own way or protective of its own rights. Rather, the way of Jesus is humble, kind, and gentle. And the last takeaway today is that just religion looks like Jesus even when it's under pressure. When we see Jesus in this story, he's under pressure. The religious leaders have been trying to bring him down all this time, and now they're actively plotting to kill him. He's hounded by crowds of sick people wanting to be healed everywhere he goes. And his disciples still don't totally grasp and understand what he's doing. And the ministry still has to keep moving forward. But even when he was under immense pressure, Jesus kept working to restore people. His way of proclaiming justice to the world, it didn't include fighting back. It didn't include shouting or raising his voice in public to raise an army. And if you see Christians fighting like that, again, you can be certain that they are not following the way of Jesus. Jesus never took his fight to the enemy, but he humbly and gently kept his head down and kept doing the work of justice, of proclaiming the restoring kingdom of God. And followers of Jesus should do the same. Rather than allowing the amped up pressures of the world to bring out our worst impulses, instead we must follow the way of Jesus. Christian religion should be just because Jesus would, was just, and Christianity should look like Jesus. His model of justice must be our model of justice because it, because it becomes the foundation of how we practice and live out our faith in the world. May our religion be just. May we seek justice in the form of restoration, not punishment. May we be gentle and never forceful. May we look like Jesus even when, and especially when, we're under pressure. And if you're sitting on the outside of all this, if you're not a follower of Jesus or a religious person, I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know there's a God who sees you, who loves you, and who isn't mad at you. There's a God who isn't interested in punishing you, but instead wants to restore you to wholeness and to fullness of life. And it all begins simply by just saying yes to Jesus and his way of living and being. And that invitation is open to you today, and I hope you'll take it. May we, all of us, be changed and see our world changed for the better as we live like Jesus lived, as we think like he thought, and as we do what he taught. And may the justice of Jesus truly become the calling card of Christians all around the world and particularly of Christians in our church and in our community. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.